Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Sarah M. Eden here with Sean Ann Bessie, Esther Hatch, and Tracy Hunter Abramson. And today we're going to be talking about story tropes, what they are, what they're not, and why writers and readers love them. Uh, we thought it might be a great idea to first explain what a story trope is, because a lot of people are more familiar with them than they think, but don't necessarily know how to describe them or define them. Um, a story trope is a, a commonplace, recognizable plot element or theme or character type that quickly describes an aspect of a story. Things like the chosen one, you think Harry Potter that had the chosen one trope, or the anti-hero, so someone who's a hero but doesn't really fit the mold like Captain Jack Sparrow, or rags to riches is a trope like from Annie. So we've all heard of them. It's a quick way to describe a type of story or a type of character. Um, one of my absolute favorites is mistaken identity, where in some way in the story, someone's identity is misunderstood or mistaken. I love that one. It's so much fun. So I have, that's one of my favorite ones I've done. Um, I had a situation where this one was based on a real story that I put into my book, Mistaken Reality, or I take it back. It was deep cover. They're, they're both connected. Right? <laughs> they're close. So anyway, that book. So we had a moving truck in a driveway of someone who was out of town an FBI agent who lived nearby, because I am from Virginia, and those are very common. And then the good news is that no one was shot, and the refrigerator <laughs> being moved by a friend eventually made it to its intended destination. I left the refrigerator part out of my book, but the fictional version really is a lot of fun. So what was the identity that was mistaken? Um, the person was actually a mover instead of a burglar. Ah, <laughs> mistaken for a criminal. <laughs> yes, a mistaken identity. That's right. I love this trope too. And I've used it in a couple of my books. Uh, Noble Smuggler, I used it in that, in that one. But you see it a lot in movies. And one of my favorite movies that uses this trope is The Scarlet Pimpernel. The one, oh. the one with Jane Seymour in it. And yes. one of my all-time favorite movies. Sink me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And another one of my favorites is The Elderly Mentor. And one of the reasons that I like this one is because as a writer, you're able to give this character um, some of the traits that you see often in a hero and heroine, like hope or faith or courage. Um, but you can also bring in some other great characteristics like humor, um, along with the wisdom. So they can also be the comic relief. And you see this a lot in movies. Um, Yoda is a great example, or Dumbledore in Harry Potter. And then there have been so many spin-offs recently of Cinderella. And I noticed that the uh, Disney version of the live action Cinderella, they have put a spin on the fairy godmother in that one with humor. They've laced that one with right. humor, which was, which was fun. And some of my favorite characters are ones who fall into this category. I've got one, Pete, who's a swim coach, and he's just a little ornery, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you just, you love him because he's just, like, he's always pushing people and stuff, but I just really have enjoyed him. And another one is, you know, of course, anyone who reads my books, Senator Whitmore and his wife, Catherine, are two that I just love. They always d dish out, like, the best little tidbits of wisdom. Um, so they, they can have a huge impact on the main characters. Right, and it's a great way to get information to the reader because the uh, the mentor character can share that information with other characters and it makes sense because that's their role. So. Exactly. And that's they can fabulous. even bring in backstory because right. they're the older character and might have more history. Right. Yeah. yeah, I love that. 
And I also just feel like it enriches your whole book to have these side characters that are just adding all of those elements. Right. So one of my favorite tropes is fake relationship. And mm. I think it probably shows if you've read any of my books because <laughs> most of them have some element of confusion or mistaken um, relationship uh, pretense is really fun for me. And I love um, that you start out with this book with something that's not real, but by the end it becomes real. And the funny thing about tropes is like people recognize them, they know them. Right. So with this one, they start out fake, but everyone knows by the end it's going to be real. And I, I just love that. I love playing on it. It's, it's a fun one. I love that. Um, one of them that I love that uses that um, that trope, the fake relationship, is the decoy bride. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. It didn't have a huge release, um, but it's one of my absolute favorites. And to keep the paparazzi off the trail of a celebrity on her wedding day, her husband pretends to get married to someone else and to throw them all off. Yeah. But then, of course, hilarity ensues. And like you said, because it's a romance, you know in the end the fake relationship has to end up being the real one, and it's how do they get there. And yeah, so you're yeah. just yeah. along for the ride. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, one of my favorites was, it was actually one I wrote, was Chances Are, because it was the reason that they were pretending to be in a relationship was that she needed medical insurance. And so it was like, all right, how do you do that with and still have integrity and all this stuff? But <laughs> it, was a, it was a fine line to go but it was a fun trope to write it really was yeah, yeah i don't think insurance fraud is an is an established it, trope. i know <laughs> I, and you know leave it to me but i mean okay i admit when sarah was talking about us doing tropes i was my immediate instinct was to text saying sarah what's a trope will you tell me which ones <laughs> i write and this is one of the things that we kind of came up with is boy rescues girl or girl rescues boy from guns and bombs and bad guys a trope because if not, it really should be. <laughs> what, and what your writing comes down to is it's a lot of different types of tropes. You have like the ticking clock, which is any time in a plot line, you know, there is a deadline approaching where something's going to happen. And you either have to make it to that or complete something before it arrives. Or the ticking bomb, you know, where the danger is coming and you're just trying to stay a step ahead. Or um, kidnap and rescue is a trope. So yeah, you use a lot of them. Um, but probably don't even realize it because the more stories you read and the more stories you write, the more naturally these components of stories just kind of come to you. And we wonder why I'm on the FBI's watch list. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hope I'm not. I really Every <laughs> author's search history <laughs> probably has put us on there. That has not been verified. Right? We don't, <laughs> we, I don't want to ask. I just don't want to ask. So most of us as writers and as readers, because we all love to read, are aware of tropes to some degree or another. But how have you found as a writer that understanding tropes or using tropes, how have you found that tropes are helpful? I think one of the ways that it's really helped me is that it does give you a basic framework to work around. Um, and because it's just a very basic structure, you can pad that with unique elements, but it gives, it, it helps you to know that your readers can follow that arc. When, when they see right. that fairy godmother come in, they kind of know how it's going to end. When the ticking clock starts, they know the race is on. Um, and 
hopefully if it's happy ever after book, they know <laughs> they know where where it's headed. Right. Yeah. Another awesome thing about tropes is it helps you find the right readers. Yes. So um, for me, if I write a marriage of convenience trope, which is a very popular one, and I love it, um, Sarah's got one of the best ones out there. <laughs> um, but I can find readers that just like that story and. Not only will they be able to find my book, they're more likely to enjoy my book because it's something they know already that they love. So. Yeah, and I think being able to identify the tropes we've written and, um, and advertise a book as such, it helps maybe readers who haven't read us before say, well, I don't know this author, but I know this trope. And yeah. I like it. And I know for me, um, one of my kids was a very reluctant reader. We struggled a lot to find uh, books that they would enjoy. But I figured out which tropes really appealed to them. And those are the books I found. Mm, smart. And mm -hmm. so it would pull them in. So I think, like you said, it's great for helping us find readers and to help readers find us. Yes. Because right. you know immediately the very basics of what you're about to read. Right. And that's super helpful. Um, but one of the difficulties with tropes, and I hear about this all the time, I teach classes on tropes, I've taken classes on tropes, is people worry that they're cliche, that they're overdone, the story is going to be just like every other story. So um, how would you as writers, either advising yourself or other writers, how do you keep your tropes from being cliche? So I think, like, if you know it's a trope, which um, you usually do once you start writing, or you at least have this story idea, even if you didn't call it that. But by just taking an element and switching it up or changing it up, um, for instance, in my proper charade, I don't usually tell this because I feel like it's a bit of a spoiler, but it's been out a while. <laughs> but the main trope is it's a lady pretending to be a maid. So that's like, not I would say like crazy common, but I mean, it's a story yeah. that's told mm -hmm. a lot. But in my story, it's a lady pretending to be a maid, and then she gets asked to pe pretend to be a lady by the household. And so to me, that's a lot of fun. It's, the, it's like a twist yes. on the trope that everybody knows. So it's not a lady pretending to be a, la a maid. It's a lady pretending to be a maid pretending to be a lady. Right. So it, I, I think something like that is fun. That is a lot of fun. So I think one thing is that if we're using our tropes to deepen our characters, I think that also helps keep it from getting too cliche. So for example, um, I use a lot of like the reluctant heroine heroines, but I have to make sure that in the early pages of the story, I'm giving those characters the tools that they need so that it's not just coming out from nowhere. So I think that those types of things, it's really is giving more depth to those characters as we're creating, following along with that trope. Even if I don't know what's called a trope, <laughs> that, that's what we're, that's, I think that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, I think a really great way to help keep your, your use of a trope fresh and new and different, and Esther kind of touched on this, is by combining them. Right. Maybe, you know, like, I love marriage of convenience. You think, you know what else I would really love? Mistaken identity. So then you figure out, how do I make that work? It's a marriage of convenience, but they married the wrong person. You know, <laughs> no. so now you've... T and now you I'm thinking, that I, guys, I just had a great story idea. Give me Get a minute. We all did. All at the same time. But I, I love kidding. that. When you take a trope and grab a different trope and figure out, how do I make these work together? Immediately, you have a new idea. Yeah. And yet, yeah. readers know the two tropes. And it adds a whole, a whole other layer of how are these two going to work together yeah. or how are they going to clash. And right. that, I think, is a great way to keep tropes fresh and new and avoid the, the dreaded fun. cliche. Well, I mean, like, um, how yeah. many of us are just, like, literally, when you said that, I want to combine these two things. It's like, oh, that's First such a great idea. 
we need to either write that or I, if I don't <laughs> yes. write it, I need to read it. Like, yes. Will you please write it? I will read it. And I think that's the beauty of tropes, right? right? Is like, I want that, get it in my hands. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And as writers, it's a great way to pitch a book to be able to say it's marriage of convenience meets mistaken identity. And immediately, you know what that book is going to be about on a basic level. And that's really mm. a fantastic mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I, I, I wish that listeners could see everyone's face right now because I can see the writer wheel spinning in every single mind at the moment. Um, we all now have great ideas. Okay, so I want to know from each of you as we kind of wrap up here, what trope are you using or exists or you're pondering for your current work in progress? For me, I'm working on a second chance romance. That's where people who had been together and something pulled them apart now have a chance to see if they can make it work for real. That's the one I'm working on right now. That's a fun one. I'm actually doing one that is enemies to lovers. And ironically, it's one of my least favorite tropes because, <laughs> because I sometimes struggle with the how can you go from hating someone to loving someone at the flip of a switch. But I'm writing a book that deals with Vikings and so when there's a Viking involved, it's not always love the whole way. So that's why we're going enemies to lovers. And that is your pitch sentence, right? That is right my there. pitch. No, I love it. I agree with Sarah. Like, I wish you guys could see us because as we're telling what our tropes are, everyone's smiling. It's so funny because I think we all want to read these books. But I'm in the middle of doing a fake relationship book, nice. so, which is pretty common for me. And then I'm kind of in the middle of things. So the next one I'm also thinking about is a forced proximity book right. where people are kind of stuck together, which, right. you know, who knows what will happen. Right. They're I'm required right. to be in company with one another. <laughs> yes. I love that one. I use that mm -hmm. one a lot. It's so see, you use more tropes than you realize, I know, Tracy. I didn't even know that you guys are teaching me so much today. <laughs> so not surprisingly, right now I'm working with a ticking clock. There may or may not be bombs attack, like attached to this current countdown, <laughs> but uh, there. But I, lots of suspense. There, no will be, what. there will be suspense, and there is a ticking clock. Sometimes the possibility of bombs is enough. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Between the Lines. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.